Welcome to This Midlife in Bold, a podcast dedicated to women in the middle who want to redefine midlife and uncover what's possible for them in their second act. A bold midlife woman is someone who is 40, 50, 60, even 70 years old and beyond, who wants to be unapologetically unafraid to live the life she wants instead of a life she settles for. Each episode is a midlife mindset dose of motivation, encouragement, and inspiring stories of courage from the host and her guest on how to overcome obstacles and fear to create and live a bold midlife without regrets. Lucia has made a bold transformation in her own midlife years, with her health, her career, and more. She is a master midlife mindset coach, CEO of Midlife in Bold, Inc., and creator of the Midlife Without Regrets Method, a 12-week program designed to help women get unstuck and overcome their fear of change so that they can finally live life on their terms. And now, here's your host, Lucia. Hey listeners, it's Lucia. I'm glad to be back with you with the new episode today. It's been a full month since I released my last episode and I thought it was time. So, you know, I used to put a lot of pressure on myself when I first started this podcast almost two years ago to release an episode every week, but I uh, have lifted that pressure from myself and will release episodes when I have something to talk about that I feel is podcast worthy. So today, I um, today's podcast was inspired by a couple different events, if you will, um, over the last few months. And so I thought I'd come on and talk to you about today's topic, which is, can we just stop using the phrase anti-aging? Or maybe it's a word if it's hyphenated, I'm not exactly sure. But can we just stop talking about this concept of anti-aging. And that's what I'm going to share with you today. Um, And so, yeah, it was inspired by a couple different events that happened. So I am in two different coaching groups, if you will. So I have a business coach and uh, there's a community group she runs. And then there's the um, group for those of us that are paying her, right, to be coached. So in one of the uh, events that inspired this happened in the community group, and this was some time ago. So, you know, I I remember sort of being fired up at the time and then, you know, super busy. So went on my merry way and kind of forgot about it, but it was always in the back of my mind. And then uh, the second event, which I'll talk about as well, just happened last week. So the first thing that triggered the uh, topic for today's purpose or the reason I'm doing this podcast is because there was somebody in the group, I don't know who it is, it's a large group, like 35,000 people in there, but she was posting and wanting feedback on um, either the product or service, I, service, she's a coach, you know, provi- that she was providing. And she wanted to get some information from um, the group on you know, whether she should use the phrase uh, middle-aged woman or the word midlife. And then she identified like what age range she worked with, which I think was in the 40s. And again, the details are a little bit vague for me, but that was the gist of it. And so I, of course, contributed like, hey, you know, this is what I do. This is my business and brand. And, you know, I think it's a great phrase to use or a great word to use. It's picking up steam in, um, you know, culture as, you know, being a good thing. And I was shocked to read all the different posts before mine, sort of like, oh my God, I would be like mortified if someone called me midlife and I'm 45 and that's a turnoff. And 
I remember responding, well, you know, I've built my entire business and brand that's pretty darn doing well right now. It's thriving around midlife women. So anyway, I sort of let it go. But, you know, it just reinforced to me why I'm doing this work, because there's such a negative connotation to aging when it comes to women in this country. And then the second uh, event that spurred today's podcast topic was, again, you know, something similar. So it was my coaching group and it was a Zoom call and there was some chat going, you know, chatter going on in the chat, if you will, about someone's, you know, uh, profile of their client and how they were in their 40s. And then other women who are in their 40s were chiming in, oh, my God, like I'd be so turned off and, uh, you know, same sort of scenario. And I was like, well, you know, my brand's midlife and bold and I have a thriving business and doing great things. And, you know, I was, you know going on and on about that. And, you know, my coach, I think is, or somebody said, well, you're 50. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm 50, but I have women in my group and in my coaching portfolio that are as young as 36 and well into their 70s. So it's a good thing that I'm so confident now and that this negative connotation about what it means to be midlife hasn't, uh, you know, stopped me. If anything, it's fueled me. So that's really why I came on today to talk about this crap, this nonsense uh, of anti-aging. So, and I'll get into that a little bit more, but, you know, for starters, I looked up midlife, even though I know what midlife means, but I always want to make sure I'm verifying and saying the right things when I go on the airwaves here. But midlife is the central period of a person's life, generally considered as the years from about 40 to 60 or 45 to 65, depending on what you read. Um, And it just so happens that the prestigious medical journal, The Lancet, uh, published in July 2020, which happens to be the month I turned 50, defined midlife as being 45 to 65. So there you have it. So if you live until the average age in the U.S., which is around 80, 81 years for women, you're going to spend most of your years in midlife, not as a preteen, not in your teen years, not even in your young adulthood, and not even as a senior. It's midlife. So can we stop the madness that this midlife label, middle age, whatever you want to call it, is a bad thing? I don't really care if you don't identify because you're 45 and you don't think of yourself that way um, because you are. So my clients who are, you know, 45, 50, 55, 60, 65 and beyond, they're in midlife. And so if you're 45 and you're listening to this, I hate to tell you this, but you're in midlife and that's a fact. And I think the reason there's so much uh, conflict behind wanting to identify as midlife, as a midlife woman or saying, oh, that turns me off, which clearly if it does, you're not my ideal client. And that's okay. Blessings to you. Uh, But I think the reason you don't want to identify as that is because it's culturally been seen as a problem to age for women in this country. And that's total bullshit. It's total fucking bullshit. My mission is to change the narrative around this and to normalize the the midlife label. And it's honestly, it's why I built my business. I didn't start off coaching just midlife women. I started off more general in health and wellness coaching in all ages. Um, But I saw women my age starting to shrink and fade away and blend into the background, whether that was how they dressed, whether or not they spoke up, their uh, circle, you know, the what they were comfortable with exploring and doing. And they were, you know, giving up and settling and, and feeling less than relevant and feeling like it was too late. Honestly, they were being anything but bold. 
right? They were not being brave. They certainly weren't optimistic about their age and the possibilities for what was ahead of them. They most certainly did not have a limitless mindset and they were not taking any kind of decisive action. And again, we're just spinning in this a woe is me sort of, I have all these regrets, um, it's too late, and I'm just stuck with what I'm stuck with. So I ended up shifting my focus. I completely rebranded. I officially incorporated Midlife in Bold Inc. last summer, and I created a program called the Midlife Without Regrets Method. For crying out loud, it's the foundation of my work uh, all around this bold framework. And so, you know, working with women and building a community. And that's really my pride and joy. The program, yes, it's great. It's amazing. It get, it get it gets my clients results. No doubt about that. But I am really super energized and enthused by the community I've built of strong, empowered women uh, who are midlife, uh, right? And so, yes, I do the coaching, the group coaching, the one-to-one coaching. But I'm, and this podcast, of course, but I'm looking beyond that to leave a legacy behind of midlife and bold, you know, um, retreats and a foundation and maybe a book someday, right? And so, so I want to normalize that it's okay to be midlife. It's in fact, it's better than okay. It's fucking amazing um, because I'm more authentically me than I have ever been in my entire life. And even though my back hurts and my hips hurt and my knees hurt and I may not wake up feeling the greatest physically every day, I have never felt more comfortable in my own skin than I than I, I I've just never felt this comfortable in my own skin. So all this talk of anti-aging frankly caters to your fear that your age means that you have limitations. Um, somehow there's this like imaginary prime of life that, you know, is we all talk about, uh, you know, that's maybe childbearing years when it comes to women or in your thirties and then it's downhill from there. Well, if the largest percentage of your life is not spent at the peak, right? Cause as I said, statistically, if you live till the average age, you're not spending the largest percentage of your life at the peak. Um, then you're really downhill for most of your life like how encouraging is that right that that's a total mindset fuck so the problem is there's billions of dollars being spent to market to women on this anti-aging concept when it comes to our physical appearance right our botox uh shots surgery anti-wrinkle cream dye for gray hair right it's like it's like ageism on steroids when it comes to the cosmetic in, uh, industry um you know, but what I'm trying to do is normalize that getting older doesn't mean getting worse, right? It, it's, it means you're getting happier and healthier and wiser and more authentically you. So can we just stop using the word and supporting the use of the word anti-aging, please? It is detrimental specifically for women and young girls who see aging as a problem, as if it's something to be avoided. Um, so it's harmful. It means that what our value only comes from our looks. I mean, that's a total myth. So you, you being alive means you have value. Okay. That's all you need to know about your value. And again, because this anti-aging stems primarily and, you know, rooted from the cosmetic industry, that harmful and negative messaging keeps fueling the myth that as we get older, 
our value diminishes with age because perhaps we're a little grayer. Perhaps we're a little more wrinkled. Well, thank fucking God I'm a little more wrinkled because that means that I have so much joy and happiness and time spent in the sun and drinking wine and having fun, right? It's just big business profiting off women's uh, fears. And so, you know, and might I add it, that's a stereotype and a gender bias not applied the same to aging men who are seen as, you know, charming and debonair and suave. And, you know, when they have a little gray in their hair or, you know, that beautiful weathered suntan kissed look. Right. And so it's bullshit. So if you're avoiding aging, then you're dead. So what what is the actual purpose of the word anti-aging, right? We need to reframe that. We need to reframe that. And so as I've been doing a lot uh, since I've taken to the airwaves and started, you know, writing more emails and publishing in my or posting, I guess I should say, in my groups, I, I Googled the definition of all these words. So the definition of anti is opposed to or against. Pretty sure we all knew that. The definition of aging is the process of growing old. All right. The definition of old is having lived for a long time. Well, hmm, I don't know about you, but after reading these definitions and hopefully now after hearing these definitions, why would you want to support or subscribe to this notion that anti-aging is a thing? right? And definitely not a good thing. Like, are you opposed to growing old and living a long time? No, right? I'd rather be pro-aging. And that is a hashtag I use quite a bit. I've started to follow other women who are also in this movement. And, you know, by definition, a pro means a professional uh, and an advantage or in favor of. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I'm a professional at life at this point. Uh, definitely not the amateur that I pretended uh, I was, you know, well skilled at living life when I was 20, you know, 30, whatever. So let's look at aging as simply another word for living, right? And I got that from Cindy Joseph, who's one of the pro-age people behind this pro-aging movement. So aging is simply another word for living. So how can you be anti-aging, right? Um, because you're not becoming less, you're becoming more. Your life is expanding. And that that is all mindset work, which is a huge part, huge part of what I do with women in this age group. Yes, I get them results. Yes, I get them to find new jobs and move to the home of their dreams and, you know, all that good stuff. But really what I the magic behind the method and my work is mindset. Okay. And let's think about that mindset for a bit. Do you remember? A time when you looked forward to getting older with enthusiasm and almost like a badge of honor, right? I remember my mom introducing me, um, you know, to people saying, hey, you know, this is my daughter. She's six and a half and or she's six. And I would say, oh, no, I'm six and a half, right? I made sure to use that half with excitement. And then when I was going to turn 13, I couldn't wait to be a teenager. And then for some reason, sweet 16 was a big thing. And then 18, of course, was huge, right? Could not wait to be 18 to buy my lottery ticket and be able to vote. Oh, 16. 16 was driving. See, I, I forgot all about the big thing there because I didn't get my license, I think, till I was a little bit older. Um, 21, that's for sure, was a big age in the U.S. It's a big age because you're legally able to go into a bar and order a drink. And then I think 25 might have been the last like big year. I think that's because, and I don't know if this is still the case. You guys can let me know 
if it is. But at 25, I think you can rent a hotel room and a car without like problems or extra fees. I don't know. I just remember 25 was a big deal. But yeah, do you remember that time when you looked forward to getting older? And then somewhere in my late 30s, like really late 30s, like probably 38, 39, I remember this shift. I just remember as time went by that I was made to believe um, that somehow I was less relevant. And I think a lot of it is just the messaging, right? Whether it's magazines, uh, TV, film, the cosmetic industry, you know, all this like you need the anti-wrinkle cream, right? Just pop culture. I just remember there was a lot of messaging that I was paying attention to more. I don't know if there was more of it or I was paying attention to it more. But I do think the whole anti-aging movement when it comes to cosmetics is definitely uh, increased over the years with the invention of new products and things like that. But I do remember sort of this internal conflict I was having. Um, you know, on the one hand, I didn't really buy into any of the messaging. I thought it was all BS. Uh, my dad had died suddenly when I was just 23 years old. So I knew from a very young age, life was precious and fleeting. And at just 62, I realized just how much aging was a privilege that was denied to my father. On the other hand, this, you know, subliminal or outright, you know, obvious messaging and words, harmful words <laughs> that were being used, quietly sort of fed into my fears and spoke to me in a way that made me feel like dull and less shiny and less relevant and therefore less valuable as a woman. Um, and I mean, who can blame who can blame me, right? And so I don't know if, you know, you remember this because I do think that we have started to turn the corner and embrace aging a little bit more in this country. But, right, like I remember going to birthday parties for my mom's friends who were 40 and you'd see the over the hill signs and people would say you were, you know, talk about being past your prime or maybe it was career related and you were washed up, right? And, and so I sort of started to watch how, you know, the U.S. culture because this isn't really the case in a lot of other cultures where elders are revered. But I definitely saw this, how the U.S. treated the elderly and women in particular as if they were invisible as they got older. And so while I get the anti-aging movement is, you know, has to do with cosmetic industry, it's harmful. It Words matter, okay? And so if I subscribe to the notion that I need to put a freaking cream on my face to stop the aging which, by the way, I don't think any of those products work any better than any other products, um, then really I'm saying I'm not desiring to live this life that shows all of the beautiful years that I've walked this earth. And so God willing, God willing, everybody, I am going to age. I don't want to take 10 years off my appearance. Do you know why? Do you know why I don't want to take 10 years off my appearance or 20? Because that woman, that woman was insecure. She had terrible self-worth. She didn't know her purpose, her value. And she wasted so much time and energy worrying about what others thought. And she was afraid to fail. So she lived in a very tight box of shoulds. And so, yeah, I, I don't want to be anti-aging. I want to be pro-aging, which means I want to be living, right? And so all that to say... You know, I think there are some things we can do to help us live well or age well. I can get on board with the aging well uh, movement as well. Um, 
And so there's some science behind, you know, that the aging well. And so exercise and nutrition, no brainers, like two things that will keep us, uh, you know, uh, in the aging well category. So exercise, right? So your cells need to regenerate. And if you exercise, it keeps your cells young, right? And so what happens is when you exercise, it stresses your tissues and it helps them uh, or it makes them create new cells. So, you know, we want to do that. We want to get up and, you know, do some vigorous walking or exercising, you know, three to five days a week, definitely need to focus on that. And if that's not something you do, just start with walking, find a track, find a path and just walk. Um, Nutrition, right? Like less processed, more whole foods in moderation. I'm no saint when it comes to my nutrition, but, you know, I try to get my greens in and my fruits and all my, you know, fiber and protein. So definitely those two things alone will help you feel that energetic uh, the energy that, you know, sometimes does get depleted physiologically as we um, grow older. And then there's the psychology, the science of psychology. And really, a lot of that is mindset, right? Having this ability to reframe things and to, you know, have coping strategies so that we're reducing the stress um, and to to be um, bold, if I if I might say so myself, and so to go after the things that you want with positivity and optimism and hope, because I think a big part of why women rebel against this notion notion that aging is a uh, or, or embrace this notion that aging is a bad thing is because they do have regrets, right? Time has passed, and they haven't. Uh, you know, taken the steps that they uh, had hoped for or wanted to create a life that they want, right? And so that's huge. That's definitely, you know, something that that's my, you know, that's a big part of what I do. Um, Another big part of what I do, if we're talking about the psychological component to aging well, is I've created this strong social support, this, this network and community of women who need one another. We need each other, whether that's virtual or in person or both, right? We need friends at this age. And sometimes that can be a little bit more challenging, right? Maybe your mom groups have dissipated over the years or they don't have the same coworkers. So one of the things I'm most proud of, uh, it's not the amount of people, you know, that listen to my podcast or the amount of likes I get on a post of Instagram. It's the community I've created in this program where women are, you know, becoming friends with one another and uh, supporting one another and going to bat for one another in our coaching sessions and exchanging phone numbers and meeting up and having their own text conversations. Like I, I know that a strong social support um, is so important to aging well, right? Because studies show that prolonged feelings of loneliness and isolation is just as bad for your health as obesity and smoking. You do need friends. So, you know, get your exercise in, eat well most of the time, uh, you know, psychologically learn to work on reframing things. So a lot of mindset work and then have that strong social support. So all this to say, um, I wanted to get on the airways today after a month hiatus to just really, really let you know how fired up I was about a couple of these instances that, you know, just continue to perpetuate this whole aging is bad. Uh, being an, you know, a midlife woman is a negative thing. It's not, it's not at all. Um, 
And so I'm here to change that narrative. And my mission is to normalize this language use and this notion that you can be, have, and do anything you want. It's not too late. Okay. So that is sort of, in a nutshell, everything I wanted to share with you about that topic today. And to finish up today's episode, I wanted to share with you um, from the words of uh, one of my clients. Uh, I want to share with you some words from one of the clients in my Midlife Without Regrets Method program. So this is a coaching program that, as I mentioned, is the foundation of my work. Um, and it is a, you know, program that leads women out of fear um, and through a, a series of reflective exercises, deep work of self-inquiry. And we do that with some one-on-one coaching. We do that with the community, as I mentioned, group coaching, and it's a true partnership. So at the end of the program or when a client's getting towards the end of a program, I ask them a series of questions. Uh, and this particular client took some time to answer um, very uh, detailed, gave me very, very detailed answers. So I wanted to share some of these with you. Uh, because I think they're relevant to what we're talking about today. So the first question I ask is, what motivated you to sign up for the Midlife Without Regrets method? And this is what my client said. I was at a crossroads in my life, a new empty nester, a single uh, single woman, and my job was ending in a few months. I really wasn't sure if what I wanted was, uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do next, but I knew I wanted something big Um, And I wanted to create a life that brought me joy, adventure, and fulfillment. And I needed someone who was impartial to coach me through the hurdles of fear, self-doubt, and small thinking I had been struggling with. So if you can identify with that, right, being at a crossroads in your life and not sure really what you want to do, but, you know, want to do something big. In other words, create a life that, you know, is exciting, um, but you're struggling with fear and self-doubt. You're not alone. The next uh, thing I have my client share is share share some positive changes that you've experienced, um, whether that's a shift in mindset or, you know, maybe some actionable changes they've already made. Now, this program is paced at three months. So just to give you a, an idea. Um, so she says, I feel much more confident in what my strengths are and where I want to go with my life in this next half. Learning to face my fears and really visualize the life I could have has led me to make the decision to move across the country. Now, for some background information, this particular client has been trying to make a decision on moving for at least four years. So this is the power of having a framework and tools to move you along the continuum of processing things like fear and making a decision. So the next question is, what was the aspect of the program you enjoyed the most? So again, I mentioned I have a series of tools. So she says, I loved creating my mission statement that embodied my strengths and values that I can use to ground me when I'm faced with decisions and obstacles. She also said, I love the decision-making template for its clarity, and I will use this for the rest of my life. And the final thing she says is doing the intention, manifestation, and visualization exercises were a great way to bring all the material together. I'm not sure I could have done that module without doing all the other hard work first. There's so much that was packed into her response there. Um, 
one that she's using now a tool in my program that she realizes gives her so much clarity she's going to keep using it for the rest of her life on all these other decisions and obstacles she faces and then also having all of the work up until the point i asked her to create intentions and manifest and visualize leading to that mission statement had to come together at that point in the program and for you, those of you that don't really know what that means, it means she'd already processed through her fears, gotten out of her comfort zone, and already taken some steps towards her future. And then, of course, I ask, what was the aspect of the program you enjoyed the least? Because it's important for me to know that as well. And she says that she had a tough time with the three-chair exercise. And I'll, I'll explain what that is in a minute. And that it was worth pushing herself to do it. And it was valuable, but it was really out of her comfort zone. And that is a compassion exercise. It's an exercise on self-compassion where you are faced with your own inner critic, if you will. And so there's uh, a process to use to uh, go through that. So no surprise that that was the least favorite because, you know, you're faced with your own uh, negative self-talk during that exercise uh, in a nutshell. And then her last response to this last prompt was my absolute favorite. My question is, or what I asked them to share is, give me one reason you feel proud of yourself now that you're almost done. And this is what she says. One of the things I'm really proud of is that I knew I needed to make some big decisions and changes and that I was struggling to do that. I was feeling a little lost and a lot of self-doubt, but I'm proud of myself for not just swallowing, for finding the perfect coach to help me remind myself that I am special, that I have a lot to offer, and the life I visualize can really happen. I took action to create a life that I am intentional about creating. Go me. Signing up for this program was one of the best things I have ever done for myself. No regrets. And I still don't want it to end. I have to tell you, those of you that know me know I'm a crier, and that last paragraph that she wrote really filled my eyes up with some tears um, because this is exactly how my program was structured and the results that she got were because she did the work and showed up and was willing to be vulnerable. But it just proves to me that with the right tools and the community of women behind you, um, you too can have the life you want in midlife. It's not too late. So I wanted to leave you with that because it's just another example of how aging well is possible uh, and that if you still subscribe, prescribe, I always get those two confused, to the notion that life is over or it's too late, stop the madness. Stop, you know, stop feeding into that. It's just fear. And your fear only has one job and that is to stop you. Okay, so that is what I have for you today. Um, as always, you can connect with me um, on Instagram at Midlife and Bold, on Facebook, Midlife and Bold. If you would love to join my, I would love it if you joined my community. It's called Midlife Women Making Change Without Fear. We're over a thousand women. Every Wednesday, I do a free live training and I am constantly in there providing support, motivation, and examples of what's possible. So if you feel alone in this age and you need some other resources or tools, please join me for um, some support in that program. I'll link all of that in the show notes. Um, and that is it. I am constantly uh, in awe of my clients. And I would love also if you are interested in learning more about the program, 
or um, have a, a problem that you seem to be stuck with, I would love it if you would take advantage of my free one hour call. Um, it's called the Midlife Breakthrough Call because in that time, there are a lot of breakthroughs that happen with the women I speak to. If I believe after I talk to you that I think you could benefit from my program, I will certainly ask for your permission to offer you information, but it is not an obligatory, I'm going to enroll in Lucia's program and she's going to force me to work with her. I really only want to work with women who are committed to getting out of their own way. So um, I talk to more people who don't enroll than do enroll. So by all means, I will link the uh, my online calendar in the show notes as well. Please do yourself a favor Uh, book yourself that Breakthrough Clarity call. Let me guide you. Let me be that impartial uh, someone who's listening to you and get you the clarity you need to move forward with your life. That is it, my friends. I will be back with another episode, maybe next week, maybe sometime in the future. Thanks. Have a good day.